you must maintain a close communion with your true center. Your creative power is not an act of will. It is rather an act of your willingness to believe. And that's from Ernest Holmes. I know how powerful we are. Everyone, everyone has that power, that light, that goodness within to create events, relationships, prosperity, what health beyond our wildest imaginations. And it is not an imagination, but it starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. And as we go deep with it, as we meditate on it, as we just know it, know that it is our truth, and we release that into the universe, it will come back to us. It will come back to us more than we ever, ever thought. That is the power that is within us and the power of the unis that is without us. And it's all the same. It runs through us. It is us as us. This power, this divine gift, that is who we are. That is why we are here. To know it of ourselves, to manifest what what we what we dream of and our manifestation our creation of this good for us yes we earned it yes we deserve it yes it is available and our good takes away from no one else for there is enough there is enough for all so there's no guilt there is no regret there is no no i'm not good enough there is none of that we are all good enough and we all deserve it. And we can all have it. As Ernest says, we deserve it and we can have it. And why not? It is so much better when things go smoothly. And these desires can be huge and grandiose and magnificent. Or they can just be the desire for a sunny day. The desire for health. The desire for peace, love, and compassion. And we have that power. And when we all collectively are on that same page, we are powerful beyond our imaginations. And we have had issues this year. And we have something big coming up this week, this coming week. And no matter what occurs, no matter the outcome, our power is not diminished. We, we can do whatever is necessary to do. And there are no winners or losers. No matter who is our next president and the Congress or whatever occurs, there's no winners or losers. We don't lose. We don't win. It just is. And we have the power to know how to move forward. How to move forward. Being happy being peaceful, and to live with ease, just like we heard, heard uh, in the meditation. That is our natural state. That is who we are. And I know this. I know this of myself. I know this of everyone here. I know this of the community. I know this of humankind. That is who we are. That is our birthright. 
And that feels so good to know that. And I have one more quote, and I won't say who it is till the end. You'll probably know it. You had the power all along, my dear. And that's Glinda from The Wizard of Oz. And I know it wasn't about the ruby slippers. That was just the symbol. Because we have our own ruby slippers always within us available. And we have the power, my dears. So I'm so grateful to be a part of this community, to share my thoughts with you this morning, to share this beautiful day, this first day of November. In November, the month of Thanksgiving, we are going into a wonderful time. I just, I just know it, but no matter, no matter what, this is a wonderful time, and I'm so grateful. And I release this into the law, the law that always says yes, that divine, that universe, that power, that essence always says yes. And what we put out, we receive. So I release this knowing it is done. It is the truth. It is the truth of me. It is the truth of you. It is the truth of everything. So join me in saying, and so it is. This whole month, we're going to be looking at a theme of living as compassionate conduits. Conduits of compassion, which implies that compassion already exists. We don't have to make it happen. We don't have to generate it. We don't have to uh, somehow come up with it, conjure it up. It's already there, and we can just be conduits for that compassion by being open. And so today, we're going to take a look at the divine authority to choose because we can choose to be open or closed as conduits. Yesterday, I was uh, standing in line at the, at the uh, Olympia, Olympia Seafood Market, and this couple pulled up in a van, and, and they got out, and the man looked at the line of uh, people with masks on and, and uh, said rather loudly to his wife, well, I can see we're on the wrong side of the state. That was not a very compassionate statement. It was rather judgmental, which is an opposite of compassion. And it was an interesting perception. So this week, we're going to have a great opportunity to practice compassion. With the elections coming up, we're going to have a great opportunity to practice compassion. And Sandy read a wonderful, Sandy Delaware practitioner, read a wonderful quote from Ernest Holmes during the uh, meditation, and since not everybody was here for it, I asked if she would read that again. So, Sandy, would you read that quote from Ernest about compassion, please? Sure. Compassion and caring are the ties that bind us together in mutual understanding and in the unified attempt to uncover the divinity in each other. Compassion is the most gentle of all human virtues. For it is the outpouring of the divine givenness through all. Thank you. So compassion is an expression of love. And by that I mean not just our, our own love, but capital L, love. The love that is the universe. Compassion is an expression, uh, a form of that. Merriam-Webster defines it uh, as sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. 
sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Two parts. One is awareness. And then secondly is the desire to alleviate it. Not just, oh yeah, they're suffering, whatever, but a desire to alleviate it. I prefer to, to use the word empathetic rather than sympathetic. Sympathetic to me implies vibrating at the same level as the other person. And I don't want to do that. Um, where empathy is being aware of another's feelings without losing your own. I use the metaphor uh, frequently of, of quicksand. If I come across a person who's stuck in quicksand, in sympathy to, to vibrate with, to really be you know, feel their feelings, I will jump in and join them in the quicksand. In empathy, I will be aware of their situation, but stand on firm ground so I can truly help them. So the core of compassion is twofold. First, it's being aware of others' distress, and second, seeking to alleviate it where possible. One of the ways that people avoid compassion is to fall into the, it must be God's will trap. And this is left over from believing there's a big guy in the sky controlling and directing life down here on earth. You know, kind of the, the cosmic traffic controller. But while there is an infinite intelligence with tendencies in a general direction, it is we as individualized personifications of this infinite presence that actually specify its flow in our lives. We direct it, we make the choices. The universe just says, yes. And since the universe is a field of love intelligence, and since it is holistic, that is, there's only one, why would we not act from and as love intelligence? Because what we're putting out is coming right on back to us as compassion and wisdom, the balancing components by, by which we live. Compassion and wisdom are the love intelligence in form. It's the embodiment of the universal love and law, if you will, combined with our freedom to express our uniqueness because we are free in the universe to express whatever we want to express. And the universe just says, yes. So the answer to why we don't live this way can be found in two things. First, a belief in separation. And that belief in separation usually comes out of either a lack of awareness of our oneness or just plain forgetting that we actually are one. Most of us as children were born knowing a oneness, knowing a sense of oneness, but oftentimes we get educated out of it. We get talked out of it. When we operate from, from an ego self-centric viewpoint, we only see our world and our beliefs. And we know that they're right, by the way. As, as the song says, we have to give up the need to be right as in right wrong. This is how our ancestors perceived the earth as the center of the universe. You know, everything else revolved around the earth. We are the center. There's a God up above and or gods and the, everything else revolves around us. From our perspective, this is how things appear to be working. The sun appears to rise and set. Even in New Thought, we talk about the law of attraction as though our good was out there somewhere and we need to magnetize ourselves to pull it over to us. It's only as we gain a greater perspective 
that we perceive that there is something more going on. I have a video that I want to share that might help to gain that greater perspective. This is about a three-minute video. He has a second video. He has, actually has a couple of videos, but the next one is of our solar system orbiting the galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, which takes um, a little while. It's 226, I believe it is, million years. And it orbits in a circular, in a spiraling pattern as a path. Uh, if, if you have the galactic plane, it's here. We circle through that as we move forward. And each of those waves takes 26 million, I say got back, 26,000 years uh, between cresting, doing the full spiral and coming back up. We are somewhere in the middle of a 26,000 year cycle. Kind of gives us a little perspective. And so as you were watching all those planets and, and that down on one of those little planets in the midst of a just a 26,000 year wave in the middle of a 226 or 216 billion, million year uh, orbiting of the galaxy, there's a single country on there that has an event that they're calling really, really important coming up. And so I invite you as you look at, as you contemplate this week, to also contemplate that video, to contemplate where we are and who we are and how much bigger this galaxy is, this universe is than just this. Not that it's not important. We're a unity within a flow. We are a unity, a oneness within a flow that includes and yet is greater than our own individual lives. It includes our individual lives. They're important. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist if it wasn't important for us to be. The universe is taking the time and the energy to be each one of us. But it's also greater than our own individual lives. And this awareness, as we get this perspective, calls us to make better choices, choices that align with our oneness for all, our oneness with all. The second block to living wisely, the first one was belief in separation, is fear which derives from the perception of separation. If I believe I'm separate, then I believe I'm not connected to an infinite ever-present source of good. Not a big guy in the sky, but a source, a, a, the whole nature of the universe being itself. And in that case, I have to struggle and fight and take to get my good. Or I lose and be a martyr so that others can have their good instead of me. Oh, I'm such a holy person. All of this sets up the, the duality of the greedy have-nots and the martyred, excuse me, the greedy haves and the martyred have-nots in our world. It sets up that dualistic perception and experience. And thus we have, because of that, a great call for compassion and wisdom. This is what we're called to do as we wake up to this, as we wake up to our oneness as we wake up to the vastness, the much, much, much greaterness of the universe than what our conditioning has told us, our call is to truly be conduits of compassion. Our call is to stand on the solid ground of our understanding of our oneness with all, with all, yes, all, even those people, yes, them. We are one with all of them all of us, and our awareness that we are also conduits for wisdom. So it's not just enough to know, yeah, I'm one with everybody. It's also to use, be, 
to embody the wisdom and to manifest the highest and best. It's to be compassionate and it's also to help people out of to the desire to alleviate others' distress. In the statement of, of what I believe, Ernest Holmes says, I believe in the control of conditions, conditions through the power of this mind. That mind is a capital M mind. I believe in the control of conditions. I believe in the control of circumstances as we align with that one mind. As we say yes, as we choose, yes, I will be a conduit for compassion and for wisdom and for the power of embodying that. We, can, we change, we direct conditions. We are not victims of outer circumstances. We are not victims of our circumstances. So by aligning with the love intelligence of the universe and thus coming from compassion and wisdom, we can direct the flow of the universe into creating an expression of its true nature here as earth. As we remember and wake up consciously, that nature of love, that nature of wholeness, that nature of wisdom, that nature of abundant good manifest here on earth. We become conduits for what already is. It seems like that good is somewhere out there, but it's really here within us. The law of attraction is really the law of radiation. That which we radiate from within is what shows up out there. I don't have to magnetize or pray or do something to get that out there to come to me. I have to become the kind of person that that would normal, naturally emanate out of and as me. As we contemplate choosing, I want to mention one other aspect to consider, and that is the difference between discernment and judgment. Discernment simply means to be aware. In our context, in the context I want to talk about, I suggest that discernment is being aware of our preferences because we have preferences. If we live on this planet, if we live in human form, we have preferences. See, I might have a preference for chocolate over strawberry ice cream. I actually do have a preference for chocolate over strawberry ice cream. My preference, however, for one over the other doesn't impinge on your preferences. You can prefer strawberry and over chocolate. We can just both say, oh, yeah, this is what I prefer. Oh, this is what I prefer. And there's no fight going on. Judgment, however, adds a component of right-wrong. My way is the right way, which implies that your way is wrong. And if you don't follow my way, you're wrong. Take a breath. Discerning, having a presence, is a preference, excuse me, is necessary to live in the world without discerning and supporting our preferences, without having preferences and supporting them. So it's one thing to say, I, I prefer chocolate ice cream to strawberry. I have to go out and buy the chocolate ice cream, right? Or have somebody bring it to me or whatever. But without, that dis without discerning and supporting our preferences, we're just like spineless jellyfish. Uh, is that a judgment? I'm not sure. Anyway, we're like spineless jellyfish. We're just babbling about how it's all good. It's all good. We live in spiritual bypass and, and whatever. Or we go into the victim and martyr, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. This is just how life is. We, we, that's, that's when we don't discern and support our preferences. Choice is a necessity in and as life. Life is choice. Judgment, however, adds a right-wrong component 
that doesn't help. It sets up that dualistic conf conflict and we forget our underlying oneness. See, there is no wrong side of the state. It's a beautiful state. It's all good. That person and I may prefer to live in different parts of the state. We may have preferences that people act a different way, but there's no wrong about it. There's no wrong about our planet. As Marlisa beautifully said, there's no winners and losers in the election this, this coming week. Because whichever person gets elected, we are still at the place of choosing to be conduits of compassion. Conduits of compassion and wisdom. So this week, we're going to do three spiritual practices. Number one, acknowledge that this will be a very challenging week for many, a very emotionally charged week for many. Just be aware of that. Don't judge, just be aware of it. I invite you to, to not bury your head in the sand and, and just go, oh, la, 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 pretend it's not there, nor ride the waves of emotion and judgment that may come out of this. Stay out of the winner-loser mentality and hold for the highest good. And remember that we, we are in a consciousness and an expression and experience of oneness guided by a source that is far, 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 far greater than just this individual election or just any individual person. Which brings us to our second spiritual practice this week. Remember that all is one. And perhaps you know, on election day, as you're, as you're watching that, perhaps think of that video that you just watched, we just watched together. And the perspective of these little planets around this single sun orbiting a galaxy of billions of suns and gain a perspective. <clears throat> this election is important and there is more. Spiritual practice number three, drink water. Spiritual practice number three, breathe. Breathe this week. Breathe, take deep breaths. Do your spiritual practice. Stay centered and powerful in your spiritual practice and choose, consciously choose to be a conduit of compassion and wisdom. So are we good with that? Are we good for those three practices? Acknowledge what's going on. It's going on. Don't get caught up in it. Get up, keep the bigger perspective and breathe and hold a high consciousness, hold a high watch. Great. I'm going to close with a quote from Ernest Holmes. And he says, let us learn to see as God must. Let us learn to see as God must. With a perfect vision. God, not the big guy in the sky. This, but more the infinite presence. With a perfect vision. Let us seek the good and the true and believe in them with our whole heart, even though everyone we meet is filled with suffering and limitation appears at all sides. <coughs> I'm going to say that again. It's just like, <coughs> hmm. Practitioners, clear throat. <coughs> Let us seek the good and the true and believe in them with our whole heart. Even though we, everyone we meet is filled with suffering and occasionally coughing and limitation appears at all sides. We cannot afford to believe in imperfection for a single second. To do so is to doubt God. It is to believe in a power apart from God, to believe in another as creator. So I invite you this week 
to live in that consciousness. I'm just going to simply, instead of putting it up there, speak our affirmation. And I invite you to, to join me. I choose compassion and wisdom today and every day. I choose compassion and wisdom today and every day. And so it is. So let us take a moment to close in prayer. And I begin by remembering that there is one presence, one infinite presence. And when we get a view of our solar system rotating around that galaxy and recognize that that galaxy is just one of a multitude of galaxies, the word infinite takes on an even greater perspective for us. We are within an infinite consciousness that is for light, that is for love, that is for good, that is for wholeness, because without that, it wouldn't exist. It can't be against itself or it would collapse. And so we live in this consciousness because we are one of it, because we have to be one of an infinite presence. There is nowhere else to be. And so we live in that consciousness. And I speak my word that this week, we keep a perspective. We are present with the immediate, with the lives that we are living, with the country that we are living in, the world that we are living in, we are present with that, unafraid. And we are also at the same time completely aware and present with this infinite presence that is greater than all the circumstances and the stuff that is greater than any individual person or individual group. We walk in that power and that knowing and that grace. And so I know that we take the time to support ourselves to center ourselves this week. So we can make wise and compassionate choices as divine beings of, of an infinite oneness. We choose compassion, we choose wisdom, we choose power and grace. And so I'm grateful for each of us who are walking this path. I'm grateful for each of us who are holding a high watch in our own lives and in the consciousness of the planet itself. It is not always easy. And I'm grateful for those who've taken on the challenge. And so I release this word into a law that moves it into form and expression, manifesting as that love, as that wholeness, as that wisdom in our world, in each of us individually, right here, right now. So it does, and so it is. <laughs>